Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2278 with a release date of Friday, June 25th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. There's high adventure at sea for a low-power beacon. Hams in India pay tribute to a silent key. And Dutch novice-class amateurs welcome new license privileges. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2278 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Our top story this week takes us on a seagoing voyage with a brave young man in a small boat. He's got his oars in the water and a ham radio beacon on board. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, navigates that report for us. An experimental amateur radio beacon is making a 3,000-mile, 80-day journey across the Atlantic Ocean in a rowing boat, its second such trip this year as the sole companion of French adventurer Guirec Soudet. The 1-watt WSPR beacon transmitting on 30 metres nine times an hour is not there for Guirec's entertainment, according to Anthony, F4GOH, who built the beacon with Maurice, F6CIU, for their friend's adventure. It's designed to help keep track of him if his satellite phone fails. Guirec and his rowing boat, Roman, left Cape Cod in New England, bound for his hometown in Brittany, in France, on Tuesday the 15th of June. It was the second leg of his voyage, which began in December, when the young adventurer left the Canary Islands for St. Bart's in the Caribbean. A veteran sailor at 29, Girik, in 2013, became the youngest person to sail to Alaska. During the first part of this latest trip crossing the Atlantic, he capsized twice en route to the Caribbean. Anthony told Newsline, safety is the priority, adding that the beacon has been transmitting his French call sign. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. If you've ever had a project keep you at the bench for hours, or you've had to postpone it because of technical issues, you can probably relate, if only a little, to the task just completed by ISS astronauts Thomas Pesquet, KF5FYG, and Shane Kimbrough, KE5HOD. The two who arrived on board the International Space Station in April completed a six-hour spacewalk on Sunday, June 20th to install a new array of solar panels designed to boost power supply on board the ISS. Thomas is with the European Space Agency and Shane is with NASA. The two are veteran partners in projects such as this. The installation marked their fourth spacewalk together. The walk June 20th was designed to complete the work the two had begun during their walk Wednesday, June 16th, which was halted by technical issues before they had a chance to complete the work. The nationwide emergency alert system in the U.S. is in for some changes as a result of some moves by the Federal Communications Commission. Cell MB, KB3TZD, picks up the story from here. In the U.S., the FCC has adopted new rules to improve the country's emergency alert system by creating a new class of alerts while also providing ways to more efficiently report false emergency notifications. The nationwide alert system uses TV, mobile phone, and radio to get the word out about disasters. The FCC's latest move comes in response to a false notification in January of 2018 that sent out a message that Hawaii was targeted by an incoming missile, indicating that, quote, this is not a drill, end quote. The false alert spurred hearings and an examination of steps that could be taken to prevent such a recurrence. 
The agency's move comes a few weeks before the nationwide test of the emergency alert system and wireless emergency alerts. It's scheduled to take place on August 11th. The FCC is also acting as hurricane and wildfire season have arrived in the U.S., where pandemic precautions are still in place in varying degrees. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Cell Emby, KB3 TZD. A collection of more than 50 civil liberties groups, public interest organizations, and media outlets is asking for a fifth commissioner to be added to the Federal Communications Commission to make it, quote, a fully functional agency, end quote. The FCC presently has four with one seat vacant. The letter dated June 11th asks President Joe Biden to move forward with a nomination allowing the FCC to tackle the issues before it regarding communications access and other matters. The FCC was created to be directed by five commissioners appointed by the president and confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Each commissioner serves for five years with one of the commissioners serving as the agency's chair. There was no immediate response to the letter from either the White House or the FCC. A well-known ham in India who gave his all to public service events and disaster response has become a silent key. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us about him and a net held by hams in South Asia to honor him. Hams in India are remembering a fellow amateur radio operator who was always at the ready to assist in disaster communications. From the devastating earthquake that rocked Nepal to the more recent Yas cyclone this past May. One day after Subhadeep Chatterjee, VU2CSB, became a silent key, 20th of June, an international group of hams checking into the SAARC evening net on two metres or via Echolink were able to share their memories of him and express their condolences. Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, Secretary of the West Bengal Radio Club, said he had always been part of the communications team at the annual Ganga Saga Mela pilgrimage. He told Newsline later in a text message, and I quote, We've lost a diamond from our necklace. We have no words to express ourselves. End quote. Sabhadeep Chatterjee was 42. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Some sought-after changes have finally been made to the novice ham radio license in the Netherlands. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has this story. Two hard-won privileges, extra power and access to a wider range of frequencies now belong to holders of a novice ham radio license in the Netherlands. These changes and the abolition of age-based license restrictions took effect on the 18th of June. The Government Gazette recently published the changes to the so-called N registration and Veron, the largest of the Dutch amateur radio societies, promptly posted the news. According to a translation of that post, novice operators may now use the full 40 meter band between 7 and 7.2 megahertz and can transmit at 100 watts PEP on frequencies below 30 megahertz. They may use the 20 meter band between 14 and 14.25 megahertz and they have gained access to the full 10 meter band between 28 and 29.7 megahertz. Their privileges on VHF and UHF have not changed. Another important change is the elimination of the minimum age for candidates wishing to sit for the novice or full exam. Previously, candidates had to be at least 12 and 14 years of age respectively. The International Amateur Radio Union praised the abolition of these restrictions and on June 17th wrote on its website, quote, Today is an important day regarding youth and amateur radio in the Netherlands. To gain more young active radio hams, it is a must that this age group actually has the ability to obtain an amateur radio licence, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. With the help of the United States Postal Service, the sun is finally enjoying its day in 
the sun. Jim Dameron, NATMW, tells us what's happening. We hams aren't the only ones keeping a close watch on the various activities of the sun. It seems the U.S. Postal Service has taken an intense interest, too, so much so that it is issuing a set of stamps bearing images from NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory. The stamps feature 10 images received at the observatory, including plasma blasts, solar flares, coronal holes, coronal loops, and those all-important sunspots. NASA launched its Solar Dynamics Observatory in 2010 to collect solar data, including details about the sun's magnetic field and activity on the sun's surface. On Friday, June 18th, the post office issued the stamps during a ceremony in Greenbelt, Maryland. Thomas Marshall, the Postal Service's general counsel and executive vice president, issued a statement saying, We hope these amazing stamps will help generate the same sense of wonder and curiosity about our star that inspired our ancestors and the scientists at NASA to want to better understand the sun, space, and the myriad of possibilities that exist in our solar system, in our universe, and beyond. Dean Pesnell, project scientist for the observatory, said the observatory has given us, quote, the ecology of the sun. It's giving us the big picture, one detail at a time. That means we hams, of course, can now celebrate Solar Cycle 25 one stamp at a time with each QSL card we send. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Dameron, N8TMW. Just a reminder that even as hams in North America get ready for field day, one of the world's largest amateur radio events, Ham Radio Friedrichshafen, continues this year as a virtual event. The fair is taking place from June 25th to June 27th with lectures in German and English. The two-dimensional virtual fairgrounds is based on the original one in Germany and will feature exhibitors and special interest groups who are able to interact with visitors through video chat. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K8QIK repeater in Lancaster, Ohio, Mondays at 8 p.m. A prestigious medal has been awarded to one amateur radio operator in Australia whose name is already well known to a group there known as the Old Timers. Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, has the details. Congratulations to Bill Roper, VK3BR, who received the Order of Australia Medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours List. The award was given for his service to amateur radio. Bill, who was recognised on June the 14th, was among 1,190 Australians honoured on the list. Since the late 1990s, Bill has been the editor of Old Timers News, the radio amateur Old Timers Club of Australia journal published twice a year. He is a life member and membership secretary of the club and a former president and secretary. Bill also has a long history of service to the Wireless Institute of Australia, serving as treasurer of the Victorian Division from 1962 to 1972 and federal office manager from 1989 to 1993. Well done, Bill. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. In the dead of winter at the South Pole, what can bring warmth to the challenging lives of research scientists working there? Why, radio, of course. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, shares their story. On the 60th anniversary of the Antarctic Treaty, declaring the frozen continent devoted to peace and the study of science, the continent was transformed, if only for a short while, by radio. 
On Midwinter's Day, the 21st of June, those working in the trio of British Antarctic Territory Research Stations exchanged traditional gifts and then enjoyed the warmth of the BBC Midwinter broadcast on the BBC World Service. In a spot on the planet that has not seen the sun since the middle of May, Midwinter's Day marks a turning point, and the comforting waves of radio will soon be followed by rays of sunshine once more. Jerry Gilliam, station leader at the King Edward Point Research Station in South Georgia, said the radio and celebrations have already brought some light into their lives. He said, quote, We'll get messages and photos from every station, and there's a sense of wider community and camaraderie with these people we'll never meet but have something in common with. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, Sidel to BHF. In the world of DX, the Bouvet Island 3Y0J team, which recently announced the cancellation of their 2023D expedition, has said they're working closely with Nigel Jolly, K6NRJ, the skipper of the Braveheart, which is being sold. This was the vessel that would have taken the team to the remote island. In an announcement at DXWorld.net, the team said they're helping Nigel form a new plan that would allow him to continue managing the vessel under its new ownership, keeping the Braveheart available for future D expeditions. The announcement said, quote, We're working out the details of this plan and hope to have some very positive news very soon, end quote. Elsewhere, be listening for a team of operators from the North Pole Contest Group operating as W1AW stroke KL7 from Alaska between July 9th and 13th. There will be four station locations, including KL7RA in Kenai, KL2R in Fairbanks Two Rivers, KL7AA in Anchorage, and a fourth station, most likely in Homer. Be listening on various HF bands in all modes, including EME. Send QSLs via W1AW, Logbook of the World, or Club Log. In France, Patrick F4GFE and Frank F4DTO will operate as TM21EURO or Euro until July 11th for a special event marking the EUFA European Football Championship that's underway until then. There's an award available and details are posted on QRZ.com. Send QSLs to F4GFE direct or by the Bureau. There are other EUFA special event call signs to listen for, including 4J21EURO, UE2FA and DL21 Euro. Mario W4HBW is active as VP5MA from Providential Island until October. Listen for him on 20 and 15 meters using FT8. Send QSLs direct or via club logs OQRS. And our final story, we look at one ham whose plans for field day in his California community were a little different this year. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, explains. Call it good timing. Call it simpatico. Or call it just plain clever marketing. With hams from the Ramona Outback Amateur Radio Society conducting their field day operations in an open lot next door to him, California storekeeper Peter Von Hagen chose that same weekend of June 26th and 27th to stage his business's grand opening. It is, of course, a radio store. And Peter himself is a ham with the call sign WA6HXM. Naturally, he's hoping that his inventory of amateur, CB, and commercial radios will enjoy a field day of their own because of the extra exposure of hams outside calling QRZ throughout the weekend. According to the local newspaper, the Ramona Sentinel, between 30 and 40 radio operators will be on the air to help the club score big. As a retailer and a member of the Ramona Radio Society, Peter knows the importance of trying to score big. 
He and his business partner will be trying to make some important contacts, too, uh, inside the store. Perhaps for that weekend alone, the business might just want to consider a name change temporarily from being called All Day Radios. With Field Day going nonstop for 27 hours, the scene will look a lot more like All Weekend Radios. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, AMSAT, ARIS, the AWRL, British Antarctic Survey, CQ Magazine, CNN, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, FCC, NASA, Ohio Pen DX Newsletter, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Ramona Sentinel, SAARC Evening Net, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, Veron, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website at arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel 100 Watts in a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wellbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights are reserved.